everyone. Welcome to Real World Parenting, tips and scripts for parents on roads less traveled. I'm Dr. Laura Anderson, a child and family psychologist, and I'm glad you're here. As you settle in to listen, let me reassure you that you are in the right place. If you're a loving parent looking for answers and encouragement, and maybe even a chuckle amidst hard things. If you're a loving parent who's raising a child on a journey different from your own as a child, and are seeking a compass as you navigate uncharted waters. This is the place for you if you get the theory of parenting advice you keep hearing, but for the love of chocolate and curry and all other nearly perfect things, that theory never quite works as planned with your actual children. Finally, you are in exactly the right place if you're a therapist or clinician who works with kids, teens, and families. My intention is that these episodes will deepen your work and change lives. So in this intro, I get two to three minutes here to boil down 30 years of work in my psychology offices and my experience as a mom in the trenches and let you know what I'll offer with this podcast. I almost called it lessons from our living rooms or couch conversations because my offerings will be things I have learned and keep learning from the vantage point of both my living room couch and my therapy office couch. The aim of this podcast is to offer hope, support, wisdom, and experience in community, to provide clinicians a window into what our recommendations actually mean for real families in real life. We will talk all things kid and teen related and shine a spotlight on families navigating identities related to race, gender, and adoption. We will explore common child and adolescent mental health and wellness related topics. The hope is to leave you with a greater understanding of your child's needs and a, you got this, energy. Episodes will also feature actual practical tips and answers to questions including, well, what do I say when? And what do I do when? So that you feel equipped to handle the day-to-day parenting puzzles we face. So pour yourself a cuppa or lace up some shoes or hide in your busy parent bathroom for a bit and join me for head and heart conversations about loving and living with children walking past less often traveled. Have I mentioned I'm glad you're here? I trust that you'll be glad. Hi, everyone. I am so glad you were able to join us this week, and I am thrilled to be here with some of my favorite people uh, doing this work in the world of child and family wellness. I'm thrilled to um, welcome Mike and Kristen back to the show. Thank you very much for being here. We are so glad to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Fun to be back. Yeah. (laughs) And we are, we sort of like, we fire this up and we say, all right, what do you guys like, what do we, what do we have? What do we have for people? What are you getting from the folks that you work with? Cause, cause you're, you're in the trenches. Tell folks a little bit about your, your business as it has been and your, your life's work as it's about to change to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as, as we sit here now, we are the CEOs and the co-founders of, uh, the honestly adoption company, which has transformed over the years, started off as a, as a hobby blog, and then moved into a full blown resource training resource and support site for foster and adoptive caregivers. And, um, we've been, we've been in that space for, I would say now going on nearly seven years, really, maybe six, seven years. And, but in the process of that, we've recognized that really what 
because we're caregivers ourselves, we're former foster parents, all of our children were adopted. Um, we have a, a passion to, to help caregivers um, thrive, to help caregivers learn strategies to keep going, because this can be a very defeating and very uh, difficult journey. And um, so one of the things that we're moving towards very rapidly is creating space uh, to help caregivers um, with achieve personal health and longevity, right? How do you, how do I keep going? We've had lots of conversations with parents over the years where it's just like, you know, I, I just don't have the energy to keep doing this. I can't, I don't think I can make it. Right. And so we know that you can, right. But now it's a matter of helping you understand the tools and have the tools to keep going day after day after day. Um, and, and there's some strategies that we've recognized in our 20 plus years of parenting that have helped us make it where we are today, um, and achieve and continue to achieve the health that we're achieving. It's a process. It's not, it's not like we are, you know, on the summit of Mount Everest that like we've conquered it all, you know, it's the journey. It's a process It's about transformation. But the question is really how, do you to get there? So that's really where we're moving towards, even changing the name of what we do from honestly adoption to a different name, which I won't reveal that dun, dun, right dun, now. Dun, 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 you'll have to stay tuned in. You have to tune in. You have to tune in later <laughs> for the name. Yeah. That's, yeah. And, so. and I think that that's one of the things that strikes me as you say that is there's a, you know, there's a real, there's a real vulnerability. I think that's what the word just, just time and time again in work, whether they're adoptive families or, or families who are on a journey they just did not expect um, that is challenging them and taking them out of their comfort zones. It's really different from their own childhood journey, right? Like that tends to be who, mm-hmm. who comes to my space is like, ha, I'm, I'm tasked with helping this being navigate the world when theirs is so different from mine and, and what I had to do. And there's such vulnerability in being able to say, I'm struggling, like this, this, mm-hmm. this isn't, this isn't what I, I, you know, I love the, I love these kids. I love, and, and this is not what I thought. And some days this isn't what I wanted. And how do I take care of myself so that those moments yeah. still come, but without the intensity and the frequency? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. 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 And, and that's the, you know, the, the vulnerability piece is, is a huge component here, you know, one of the things that I think is, is, is important with this transformation that we're, we're in the middle of is that, you know, we, 90% of our audience, 95%, let's even go there, are caregivers, right? And the longer that you're on this journey, the more you realize that, okay, I, I, I have the fundamentals down, right? I know that my child has a trauma history. I know that it, it dictates, you know, uh, present behaviors. I know that, um, this is hard now. What do I do? Right. Um, and, and it really comes down to, uh, I think the vulnerability piece is important. It comes down to you saying like, I can't do this anymore. I need help. I need support. 
um, help, help me, you know? Like being That's able important. to, right. Like being able to just, that it has to start there somewhere. Like, like being able to tell your, to be honest with yourself, let alone mm-hmm. other people. Like I had a different idea about this, or I can't believe this brought me to my knees as quickly as it did. <laughs> and I, you know, like I used to be a higher function. And, and I yeah. think there's also a tension for folks around adoptive parenting and or parenting kids with kind of specialized needs. How similar is this to everybody's parenting experience and how different is it? Right. Like I seem all my mm-hmm. friends sometimes say they're tired, but this feels like a, a, a different kind of tired. And then how do I does that feel needy? Does it feel dramatic to feel that way? Or is it just real? Like I, I see parents struggle a little bit with that tension around needing to say this is different. This is more. This is this is something other than the fatigue I see in other people and and be OK asking be OK asking for help. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Important. Yeah. And, and I, I, in terms of just, you know, that longevity and that personal health, it is possible. You know, that's, that's the thing that we also uh, really want caregivers to know. That's what we're passionate about helping caregivers understand that this is possible, right? We just got off before jumping on with you, we got off a, a series of coaching calls um, and I, and I was actually just uh, thinking as we were on the last call that we did, you know, that I'm watching, I'm listening to these parents that are, that are there sharing their struggles, their strife, their hardships, thinking like, I know this seems impossible right now, but it's, it's, you're going to make it. Yeah. You know, we, we, we ended the call by telling them, listen, keep going, keep up the fight. You're doing good work. <laughs> We're, we're here for you. And I, I really believe that I, I, I think that that is what has, has brought us as far as, as we are now, you know, we had a really hard night last night, but today is a different day. Yeah. And I think that's really where, where, you know, an important piece of this, that this is possible, believing that this is possible, that you, that you are a good parent that you're doing good work, that you are, are, and and as we say, your story isn't over, you know, knowing that, believing that's huge. Right. There's a presence in that. I think that the, the (laughs) do-overs and the forgiveness. Yeah. So what comes to mind is like vulnerability, forgiveness of yourself and your kid. Um, yeah. And also being able to block out the well-intended feedback. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That you get like you have to be a I do. I think you have to be a believer. I would be curious if you see this too. Like you have to when I start working with parents about the regulation stuff and 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 what it how to respond to challenging behavior that isn't you know, consequences first or whatever, right? That you're soothing first, that you're dealing with the sensory stuff that we've all talked about. It's it's Mm -hmm. almost you have to get you have to get the buy-in and sometimes you have to try it before you get the buy-in, but, but you have to get enough buy-in to be willing to try it, to see that it works, to hold on to the buy-in. And then you have to buffer yourself against other people's feedback, right? Like the, the observers talk, talk a little bit about the observers of parents and how that contributes or not to resiliency. Like what can parents do if the people around them mean well, but aren't understanding? You know, I think it's it's the 
people looking in from the outside for sure. Um, so you're going to have the people who think that you should parent differently, think that your home should look different, um, think that you should be doing something different for family vacation. Um, just an example, we have nine children. They haven't all nine ever been in a family picture together. Um, so there's kind of an idea. You get your family pictures every year. Maybe you all come together at Christmas and you, you know, if nothing else, you just snap a picture on, on your iPhone or something. Um, that's not happened. And so you have the people looking from the outside who are like, oh, wow, you know, I guess, I guess their families, crap, that's the, <laughs> yeah. the word I want to say. You know, you get that, well, where are all your kids? Oh, you guys haven't had family pictures in a long time. I'm just zeroing in on that one idea, but just something, right? The, what, what people's expectations are of you. And that's a very small one, but what about when, um, you know, you're, you're picking your three-year-old up and you're hugging them, even though they're screaming and other people at the grocery store, people you don't know, they're not in your circle. They're looking at you like, well, no wonder they're screaming because you're just coddling them or, you know, stranger who doesn't know anything about my child. Maybe a whole bunch of trauma happened in the first three years and the grocery store got a little overwhelming. And if I'm ever going to get from aisle six to the front door, we are going to need to calm down. So I know what's happening, but people on the outside don't. So you've got the outside people. I think what I struggle with more are, you know, the inside my brain people who are saying, wow, Kristen, it really was going to go a lot better than this. I mean, you really should have thought whether or not you were going to be a good parent before you decided to be a parent. Um, clearly, if you are talking with the principal three days a week, you've really done a crummy job of parenting. Um, you know, we now, I, I, I think too, there's the, um, the outside people who honestly don't care what the berries are doing, but we think that they do because we see them on social media. So these are people who have no insight into our life at all. And they're curating, you know, something for, for their blog, for their social media that looks like a certain thing. And these may even be um, foster and adoptive families. These may even be special needs families and they're giving us little glimpses of their life. And so, you know, those are the outside people um, who aren't really looking in, but now I'm thinking, well, you know, if they could figure out, you know, this little piece of something, um, why can't I figure it out? Um, mm -hmm. I'm frequently thinking about those outside people who only have little children right now, and they think they know everything about co-regulating. They know everything about connected parenting. And I think, yeah, I was a pretty amazing connected parent back when the preschool issues were, you know, mommy can pick you up. Mommy can, yeah. you know, remove you from someplace if you're, you know, destroying aisle six at the grocery store. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, I, I sort of felt like I had some power up back in the day too. Mm -hmm. Now that kind of outside voice, whether they're intending to criticize me or not, which right. I think they're probably not. Right. I'm now filtering that through my life as a parent of young adults and teenagers. Wow. My experiences with co-regulation and re-regulation and connected parenting now look wildly different from what they looked like when I was a parent of young children. And while I was very tired at that point, 
I am now tired in an emotionally very different way. Um, and so I think that, you know, it is that, um, it, it's the vulnerability to say, this is not going the way that I thought it was going to go. Um, and the willingness to maybe to reach out for help if, you know, if you can get people in your circle who understand where you're coming from. But it is also the willingness to say, um, I can reframe, I can rewrite the way that this is supposed to look in my life. And, um, and that's okay. Uh, you know, I mentioned Christmas morning. It would be amazing. In in my mind, I have a book that I love to read to my kids called, um, I think it's just called Over the River. It's, you know, a, a different take on Over the River and Through the Woods to Grandmother's House We Go. Okay. I thought that was going to be my adulthood, that my kids were going to come home, my grandkids were going to come home, and we we're going to have these big celebrations. Maybe a horse-drawn carriage would be involved. I don't know. I, got I really horse. thought that. I got a horse for you. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's the permission, it's the vulnerability to say, that isn't what Christmas Day looks like for us, but... Yeah. not just living in that vulnerability, but then shifting and switching and saying, um, I am now going to rewrite this story differently. So all of my children and my grandchildren at this point don't come home on Christmas day, but what do we do? Mike and I go visit the adult kids. Some of my adult kids come home. Some of my little kids are there on Christmas day. Some of their biological families stop by and visit. Yeah. Some of their biological families invite us over for a late Christmas dinner. You know, some of the kids meet up with us at the movie theater because that's their capacity for social and family connectedness on Christmas day. So they're doing their own thing. They meet up with us at the movie theater where I've snuck in a whole bunch of candy because I know what everybody likes and I'm pulling it out of my, we're going to have, it's a different success than. Yeah. And I think I, that's, and that, and the, like. yeah. And to the point that you're making about, so, so in the work with the caregivers, because, and I can see the arc, actually, I really appreciate it. Like when we dive in, I'm speaking about my own arc that I see reflected in other adoptive parents as well. When we dive in and recognize, oh, okay, there's some different stuff going on here. Okay. How do I focus on their behavior? What do I need to, how am I reading them? What do I need to learn as their cues? We become so focused on, on how regulated are they? What do they need? What's the prevention? What do you know, all of this stuff to be thinking about it. And, and, and we get really, there's a lot of energy flowing outward at that point, I think, and observation and learning flowing out, like mm -hmm. studying them to learn what they need. Right. And then it sounds like what you all are doing is really inviting caregivers to be able to have some strategies themselves regardless of what their kid is doing. This isn't about behavioral management necessarily. It is about how you tell yourself the story of your family, of the whys, the whys in your kid's behavior, maybe the whys in your responses. Like, 
what are some of the, I like what you said, like helping people feel empowered to rewrite, to recognize this as a story. They can change it. They can rewrite it. What are some other strategies that you think of when you talk about developing resilience for caregivers who are adjusting to hard stuff at home broadly? Yeah, I'm, you know, I, I focus a lot on, for me, I focus a lot on what's happening inside of my own brain, because I would say that's where my life is lived inside of my head and, and how I perceive things and how I engage in things and how I, um, uh, you know, check something off as this, I'm a list maker. So yeah. you know, how do I check it off as a success? I, I read books to my three-year-old today, write it on the list, check it off. It yep. feels good. So how, you know, how do I measure those successes? Also, I think that, um, you know, when, when we're looking at our ability to have resiliency, our ability to bounce back, um, we're recognizing that there is a need to bounce back. Even if you are raising children who have not experienced intense trauma, who have not experienced um, brain damage, prenatal substance exposure, extensive childhood trauma, foster and adoption system, parenting is still really, really hard. And you are going to need the ability to bounce back. It doesn't matter. You, You could have a child who's grown up in a fairly typical, it's not the right word, a really healthy family situation. Who is still going to push away because they're teenagers? This is literally what we're supposed to do. We are supposed to grow up and separate and become our own person. Um, So even in the most natural way, as caregivers, we're going to have those moments where it's going to hurt. you know, I, I, again, there's some picture in your mind when, when you're raising a baby that they are going to love you forever and hold your hand. And, you know, I don't know. I don't even know. Just, you're just going to just love each other forever. (laughs) You know, so there's, there is a need to bounce back. And and I think that that's probably step number one, because a lot of times, you know, I certainly go into parenting with this idea that if I follow um, step one, two, and three, and A, B, and C, that that's going to lead me logically to this successful parenting. So I think um, you know, admitting that parenting is going to be difficult and you are going to feel tired. There is no step one, two, three, A, B, C that will get you t- to the next yep. step that you want to be at. There's some things that we can do well, um, but that does not determine an outcome. So knowing that there are going to be hard parts and you're going to need the ability to have some rest. Things are going to be hard. Um, We need some rest. And uh, the pushback that I always get from other people and I get even from myself is I can't rest. I can't rest because there's way too much to do. Um, I have a child with special needs and I need to be hyper vigilant all the time. I can't rest because nobody understands my family and no one's there. to watch my kid for me. I can't rest because once they fall asleep at night, that's my only time to get the laundry done, my work done, um, answer some emails. You know, if rest means our child goes to bed at night and we don't answer any more emails, that's okay. Even if it feels like there are things that are falling through the cracks and there will be, and that's where we have to readjust and schedule in time for things. Schedule some time to answer the emails schedule some time to not answer the emails. Yeah. 
I think it's so I there's I don't remember her name now. I'll have to look it up and include it in the notes. But there's a woman who started it's a black woman who's started doing some all her her work is around how rest is the new resistance. Yeah. <laughs> like like in a way that can have a lot of implications for things, but the idea being like it's actually radical to say yeah. no and to just be like, okay, actually I need to model for my kids that I need to go in my room and turn the lights off for half an hour. And I need to yeah. put on soft music that I'm listening to. And I need to like, what are, what are some of the other things you see parents do? So prioritizing rest. And, and, and again, the biggest battle, and I agree with you is what we tell ourselves. Right. Yeah. So rarely is there somebody from the outside saying you rest. You what? You can't sit down. This house is a mess. You know, exactly. it's, it's, like, it's what's going exactly. on inside our heads around. Like, actually, if I take half an hour now and and I think it rest and reframe. Right. Because both, yeah. both are important. If you lie down, but then come out with the same fury about <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> about now the rest of the day is going to go smoothly. Like, okay, now I have the energy to really force this thing through a needle head. You, you know what I mean? Then yeah. that's not going to work either. So, yeah, I think it's the, um, it's the nap ministry, I think is the one you're referring to. And, uh, it, it's the uh, ability and willingness to say no. Um, and that's with everybody. Um, I, I am a parent of adult children and that is something that I am slowly learning is acceptable. I can still be my adult child's support system, but that does not mean that I live my adult child's life. And so there are times when the phone is not sitting next to my bed. Um, I asleep at night. And if I get up the next morning and that child has called 45 times, um, there is a little bit of panic. Like what if they would have died without my intervention? Yeah. Yes. Um, but also they didn't die without my intervention. Um, and that's, you know, for me, that's a really fine line because I, you know, when I look at parenting as a parent of children who do have special needs, I'm thinking, yes, but yes, but I really need to spend an hour trying to figure out social security today. And maybe I do because I took on the role of managing social security or food stamps or the rent. Um, that's okay. That may need to go on my schedule, but it does not mean that I drop everything because my adult child ate all their food the day after we spent the food stamps. Like I, I may need to say, Wow, that sounds terrible. Um, I was just at your house yesterday and I know you've got cereal. You don't like cereal. So I totally get that. Um, but you do have cereal. I saw some milk in there. And you know what? Cabinet to the left, you've got some peanut butter and jelly. Oh, you hate me? Okay. Yeah. Well, um, you know what? Actually, I've got to go. Um, I would be happy to talk with you a little bit more about this tomorrow. So it's... Yes, I am that child support system, that adult child support system. And I'm also setting some boundaries. I'm happy to answer the phone, but I may not drop everything and get you more groceries because you ate all the, you know, all the stuff you liked. I don't know. Yeah. All the frozen pizzas are gone. <laughs> this is not a crisis. Um, and I think that that's, 
you know, that's a lot of things around parenting. And that may even be um, some things at school. Maybe, you know, the teacher is calling every day and saying, this is a crisis, this is a crisis, but maybe it's not. Or maybe I'm saying at the school, um, hey, listen, we've talked about that. And if we could, hi, you're back. <laughs> and, you know, if, if we could talk again about the strategies that we've said might work for my child, um, we might have more success. I'd be happy to help you with that. I'd be happy to, you know, recopy you on that email. I'd be happy to reconnect you with the special education teacher. But there's some boundaries involved in resiliency. I, I really appreciate that, right? Boundaries are, and it's such a buzzword, you know, people people throw that word around a lot, but it's actually a really a helpful one for folks to understand because it does mean yeah, finding the line between you and other people on your team, uh, whether that's teachers, counselors, or your kids, right? It's like, nope, oh, this is, I I can do what I can do in this sphere. It's like a bubble or a line. And, and if you're constantly jumping out, then, then you then it's really hard to feel replenished because there will always be something to respond to. Right. So it's, it's fine tuning the art of being able to say, yeah, I'm sorry you're hurting. And, or I'm sorry that this is tricky in the classroom and uh, you know, that kind of a thing, just to be able to say, you know, this is, yeah, this is what I can do this is what I, you know, here's some space for you to, you know, to fill kind of a thing and stick with it. And you're not in that. And then you will get pushback, right. From your adult children who, who may say, you know, like, Oh my gosh, you're so mean. You said I could come to you whenever. And now I am. And you're not doing anything, you know, click like pushing buttons. They also know where to push our buttons. They right. know exactly what to say. To, right. Yeah. And I think that that that's a big part of the need for resiliency, too, is knowing that every conversation isn't going to go the way that you saw it going in your head. Every relationship isn't going to go the way you saw it going in your head. So you may be saying something like that's not something that I can do for you right now. One of the things that we noticed, so I worked in a um, permanency uh, agency for a long time, well, not super long time, but for many years. And we started to look at some of the placements, the fast adopt placements that um, ruptured. And what were some of the factors in the, the, could we find themes? Could we find patterns in the ruptures uh, so that we could learn from it? Like, what did we need to be able to offer caregivers more? What do we need to be able to offer uh, children more? What, they, what information did caregivers need? What did, what do we need to notice about kids and their patterns? And one of the things that I saw very clearly is the caregivers who had the biggest plan had the hardest time. <laughs> caregivers who were planners, caregivers who, you know, did a lot of compulsive exercise. And I'm, and I put myself, I mean, I'm, so I'm, I am a planner. I love to exercise. There are things I need to do to stay regulated. Definitely. Um, I am not a, you know, classic go with the flower in a lot of ways. And so I put myself in that category when I'm saying it. But these are the parents that we found really needed the most support is this idea that to keep them themselves regulated, they needed order and predictability. 
And that ain't what this is a lot of the times. So it doesn't mean anybody shouldn't parent. It just means like right. having some insight though into like you're clenching, you're clamping down, you're trying to get things happen according to plan because of some internal discomfort. And if you can learn to reframe that, if you can learn to recognize that, if you can learn to say, does this really have to happen or do I want it to happen? You know, like which of these things is it? I don't know if that resonates with what you see in oh, your work. Absolutely. And and I think when you're talking about like a disrupted placement, um, I, I think about all the things that have kept me returning back to my kids, to my home, to, to my life um, with an open heart and a willingness to continue to work, to continue to heal, to continue to build relationship. Um, it, it is um, having a community around me that loves my kids and loves me unconditionally. And by community, I mean a few yeah. people. Um, I wish it was hundreds and hundreds, but it's it's that, that tiny little handful of people that you can say, you are never going to believe what my child did today. And you're horrified. Right. And you share it. And, and after you share it, then your friend says, oh, you know, you can't be the world's worst mom today because I'm the world's worst mom. I'm sorry. You don't win. Um, you know, or that friend just has a good chuckle and they say, then what did they do? And you're like, are you, are you laughing at this terrible thing that just happened? And your friend is like, okay, you have to find the humor in it. Um, it's, it's the, it's the ability to laugh about it. It's the ability to, you know, have just those very few people. This is not everyone. Do not vent everything that just happened to you or in your family on the internet. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking that one friend that sits down for coffee with you and you say, um, you know, something was really hard or really bad or really frustrating right now. And that friend says, man, but you know what I love about your kid? Yeah. They're so creative. Yeah. You know, I I know we're not laughing today, but this kid of yours, they're going to do great things. You know, you know what I love about you? Um, you're sitting here having coffee with me and you're frustrated, but you're going to go home and you're going to parent. Well, you need that, that one person, those two people, um, who build up that ability to bounce back. They, yeah, yeah. They, they see the best in you. And I, I am that person that you're talking about that needs all the order. Um, yeah. And I mean, just even talking with you, this is not going how I thought at all. (laughs) I really thought I've got the snacks out. I've got some toys out. I even let this one watch TV, which is what the meltdown is about because the (laughs) channel changed or something. And it's a smart TV and I don't really know how it works. So (laughs) this is the way I thought it was going to go at all. (laughs) Well, and I think, and we're still getting nuggets, which again is the overall takeaway, right? Is it's like, and it works out and you glean what you can and you, I mean, I think, and it's a double-edged sword, right? Because, because being a planner, being a thinker, anticipating things, thinking in decision trees, seeing what's coming also are tremendous parenting strengths. So it's right. It's like, how do you 
when you're really focused on yourself as a caregiver, how do you celebrate that this is something you bring and you do naturally and that it feels good to do, but then also recognize when it isn't serving you and when you need to reframe and when you need to schedule a coffee and when you need to ask yourself, do I need this or do I want it? You know, is this the hill I want to die on or is this my stuff? Like, is this my stuff? Can I learn to be more flexible? Can I, you know, learn to do this? So, I mean, <clears throat> what I'm hearing as we as we kind of I love that you and Mike are doing and Mike had to step off for a meeting. He didn't just suddenly decide. He just just yeah, 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 just in here. <laughs> but like I love that you all are focusing on that because there's I mean all of it, right? Like and truly in order to have thriving families an understanding of a child and where they're coming from and what their experience has been and brain science and sensory and, and family relationships of all different kinds is really important. You can, you can understand all of that. Um, but unless you're also willing to look at what you need, be honest about what you need and seek stuff that actually both seek things and also say no to things to keep yourself um, likely to bounce back and ready to reframe the story. I think, but you know, getting the rest, yeah. but also what you're telling yourself about what's happening and why it's happening, how you're talking to yourself about you as a mom or a dad or a parent is such a critical piece of yes. whether you feel energized or whether you feel defeated. So I'm really excited for the rollout of what you guys have to to offer to have that get even more and more for specific for folks for learning tricks and tips yeah. to kind of bounce back when when you feel like you have a little bit left so in the notes and stuff we'll let everybody know where they can find you any any final thoughts you want to leave folks with any final tidbits or takeaways as you think about wrapping that up yeah, I think for any caregiver that's listening in, you, you're you a good caregiver. You're doing great things. Um, and, you know, count the successes that you have today. If you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, um, yeah, yeah, but I really screwed up the Social Security paperwork. Yeah, but I snapped at the school principal. Yeah, but I, I haven't fed my kids vegetables in three days. Um <laughs> My advice for that truly is to pause for a minute here at the end of this recording and think about what your successes are. Um, You know, even as I'm sitting here talking to you and I have had my three-year-old in and out, in and out, in and out, not doing what I thought they were going to do. You know, I'm finishing up right here with a really relaxed three-year-old on my lap, snuggling in, um, And, you know, without going into their story, because it's not anybody else's to know right now, that's a big success. And, um, you know, there's always a way to stop and look at your day and say, okay, you know, these 10 things didn't go the way I saw them going. But here's the three things I did right. Oh, I like that. That's a great way to, to, to finish. Yeah. Be gentle with each other. Find your people. Um, and yeah, I look forward to circling over laughing again professionally. Thank you so much for making time in the midst of everything today. Thank you. We'll see Thank you, you soon. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 
All right. Well, thanks for listening today. Just a quick note here at the end to say I am so glad you joined, and I hope you are too. And if you'd like to connect with me more, come take a look at my website, www.drlauraanderson.com. There you can join my newsletter, keep in touch, and find out what is in the works. You can also join me for coffee and conversation uh, and Facebook at Common Cord Psychology Services. So check me out those places, and I look forward to further connection. I'm glad you were here today.